Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Sushi and I'm Angie. So, this past week was exciting. Thanks to all those who listened to episodes 1 and 2. Some of you shared them, commented on them and you could relate to them, which was great. Yes, it was nice to see the design community get excited about this podcast, but we are just starting out, so stay with us. This week we're talking about getting out of our comfort zones. There are of course many aspects to this from feeling vulnerable when you open up your work for feedback or experimenting with a new visual style or when you're doing user research, when you're traveling or even when you're trying to learn a new skill or tool. So Angie, when was the last time you were out of your comfort zone? Well, as you know, I recently became a first-time mom, so I've basically pitched a tent outside my comfort zone and uh, that's where I live now. <laughs> that's a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm growing and learning as much as my daughter, so that's great. <laughs> What about you, Sushi? Like when were you out of your comfort zone recently? Nothing as dramatic, but I just started this podcast with you and I'm terrified of public speaking and what is more public than the entire internet being able to listen huh no pressure <laughs> but i'm still really grateful that you talked me into doing this you're welcome sushi i'm glad we're doing this together so i was reading up on what this whole comfort zone thing is and essentially it's a routine or behavior that we settle into because it's risk free anxiety free and very familiar sound like you're advertising for the comfort zone <laughs> does seem like a cozy place to be in it definitely is but um, if you think back on moments when you had any kind of growth or even had spontaneous fun while you're doing work it's probably a time when you challenge yourself and got out of your comfort zone Yeah that's true. I can't really think of a defining moment of when I first got out of my comfort zone. You know as kids we were sent off to school and then we had to change schools when our parents got transferred and then exams gosh I hated the very thought of those but yeah. in those cases we didn't really have much of a choice. Yeah as kids I don't think we even knew there was something called a comfort zone. We just went with the flow right? <laughs> <laughs> I think for for me the first time I really felt anxious about a decision I had taken was going to a different city for design school. After a couple of days though it started to feel like home both the city and the college. Yeah for me going to design school was after having studied engineering and having worked as an engineer for almost 3 years. So it was a major fish out of water experience but also a tremendous learning experience. Oh but aren't we all fish out of water in design school? Definitely. For me there was so much I had to learn and also unlearn and this was a postgraduate program so I remember one of my friends asked me if I was insecure to find myself among other students who were already from a design background uh, who had studied design uh, for their undergraduate but uh, I remember replying that you know I feel more inexperienced but not insecure because at that point I really believed that was my advantage that I could look at everything say from color or form to typography with a fresh eye and I think that gave me an advantage and i'm sure you were bringing something new to everyone else as well right coming from engineering yeah and that is essentially why i did get interested in um, interface design but it, because it's like design meeting technology so why do you think we remain in our comfort zone if getting out of it can have so many benefits because it's um, comfortable <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can go a little deeper into the reasons we stay there and hibernate yeah 
Uh, well, one big thing I can think of is fear, uh, fear of rejection or negative feedback. Yeah, showing your work can be really daunting, even if you're an experienced designer. Oh yes, definitely. There's this book I read called "Show Your Work" by Austin Kleon. He talks about how we now live in a time in which it's easy to share your creative work, uh, including your process, and you can do this on platforms like Instagram and YouTube. It's like you're sharing your journey along with everyone else, and they also doing the same. So it kind of gives permission for all kinds of creators to just put their work out there. Yeah, like even Behance has these portfolio reviews, and there are now conferences where you can meet other designers and have your work reviewed and shared. So technically, it's really easy to show your work these days. But opening your work to feedback from the whole world feels very scary, right? Yeah. But I guess it can be a practice ground and a motivator to just keep going. Yeah, I think this is also a reason why all these online art challenges or any kind of challenge online they really work. Like I've participated in a couple of them, and it really does a great job of shaking someone out of their comfort zone. Also, forming that sense of community and journeying together. I've actually written about this, uh, so maybe I'll share that blog post in yeah, the sure. episode notes. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, but then it's also understandable to others, I guess, that just putting yourself out there and your work out there every day is not easy, and it requires discipline. Yeah, and uh, if you think about it in one way, uh, that kind of fear can also be constructive, because it does help you to do your homework and make sure your work meets a certain level of quality. Yes, in this case, fear is certainly a motivator. But there are times when it can be paralyzing and keep you from moving forward and trying new things, right? For instance, there have been times when I had the opportunity to just walk up to people whose work has inspired me, and to pitch my work to them. But then there was this crippling fear that it would be met with skepticism by the very same people that I looked up to, and I could just imagine my whole world crumbling. Yeah, I think this is what they call the imposter syndrome. Oh, what's that? You know, uh, it's where you feel like a fraud and uh, you don't know what you're doing, uh, even though there is evidence that points to the fact that you are competent and creative. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That's exactly what I was feeling. And also, this applies to me when I approached, say, a skilled craftsperson to prototype something in the material that they're used to working in. Mm-hmm. I feel like they must be thinking I know nothing about <laughs> this material or technique. So how right. on earth can I design something with it? Mm-hmm. And often it's something out of the ordinary, so it takes them time and effort to figure it out. And I'm aware that time is money, and I'm eating into their precious profits. As a student, when I approached a cane basket weaver to help me prototype a lamp once, uh, I knew he could have made and sold at least ten baskets in that time taken to make the lamp. Yeah, but it also shows that that weaver got out of his comfort zone to work this yeah. out with you, right? Yeah, he kept complaining though. <laughs> but we were both pleased with the result in the end. Uh, I can see a parallel to this in uh, UI design, where it's uh, again about communicating with developers and sharing your design accurately and not shying away from pushing it and getting it as perfect as possible. Sometimes we tend to think, okay, that's good enough. I don't want to trouble this person more, right? Yeah, that would certainly intimidate me, and I feel sometimes the fear can also be of judgment. Like while doing field research, for example, I've always felt this fear of being judged for my privileged position. While I'm there at that moment, I'm aware that the person's life is very different from mine. But how do they perceive me? Are they thinking, "Who are you, an outsider, to come and try and solve my problems?" Yeah, yeah. that's so true. That is. 
kind of a big reason too right it's not easy to just go over and talk to someone you've never met and expecting them to help you with your project uh, in exchange for nothing yeah as a student my teammates and i once had to approach elderly people in the community for an interview for a project we were doing on geriatric healthcare okay and many of them would always complain about the students living around so we thought we would be met with anger and be accused of trespassing but we found that initial skepticism apart they were happy to just talk and share all their stories with us over tea and we discussed the challenges that they faced and we brainstormed solutions together and we became like regular friends after that that's really cool uh, you know any field research does require us to stop thinking about ourselves and how we are perceived and just become keen observers right that's not as easy as it sounds but uh, i feel like real authentic stories and research can be unearthed when we get to that position yeah plus research stories are always fun to tell do you have any <laughs> that's true Uh, well, I once went from house to house asking them about their waste disposal practices. I did start with speaking to them at first, but then I also asked them if I could see their kitchen and their waste disposal setup, which if you can imagine is a kind of an out of the comfort zone experience for both parties involved. because kind of a personal and sacred place, right? <laughs> Your kitchen and I was essentially a stranger. but just listening to their issues keenly helped me to get some real stories and uh, understand behavior patterns that helped me in, in that project and i feel like any of the wicked problems we face today such as waste management requires all parties to get on board and work together you don't just walk in and solve their problem yeah i find that we're also pushed out of our comfort zone when we find ourselves in a new location uh with a new language and culture uh, in which we need to come up with design solutions right you had this experience with your dip project i remember you telling me yeah i was super excited to go to rural haryana mm -hmm. uh, and it's a place i've never been to and i had to speak and relate to the women there with my really bad hindi uh -huh. so being from the south and all my hindi is terrible but they were really forgiving and they just teased me about it and them making fun of my accent was actually kind of an icebreaker also accepting the hospitality and staying for free and being fed for free was really awkward but then they knew that i was there to try and help them create a sustainable livelihood and this actually made me even more nervous about living up to those expectations <laughs> That would have been quite a journey away from your comfort zone ha huh? but uh, sometimes it's that you don't have to travel so far sometimes it's just a trip next door right it's about breaking out of familiarity and routine yeah when it comes to finding work as a freelancer if you happen to be in a space where you can see bad design or no design and you feel you can fill that gap the only way to do that is to actually walk up to the person in charge and tell them hey i can do this for you but at the same time not be creepy and imposing <laughs> yeah. and always uh, be prepared to be told straight on your face that you don't know anything and that's none of your business or that they're not interested sure yeah i think it's something called cold calling i remember i did something similar when i just emailed a company out of the blue regarding a position that they hadn't even mentioned on their careers page uh, surprisingly i got a positive response and i had to fly out to a new city and just start working with them uh, all this oh. happened in a span of a week it wasn't until i had already moved there that i realized i was really out of my comfort zone this may not sound like 
a very smart thing to do right but then you never know the opportunities you're throwing away by not even trying yeah that's so true i think part of this is also marketing yourself and presenting your work it really takes us out of our comfort zone right especially if you think you're not the marketing type yeah i can testify to having messed up quite a few interviews just by being extremely nervous while having to explain my work and tell them about myself yeah so it goes like tell us about yourself and mm, uh what do i say the end <laughs> there's also this sudden moment of panic when the interviewer has a straight face and is just nodding and looking at you yeah. you can hear his inner voice saying i hate your work has it happened to you <laughs> yeah and when the person is scanning my resume like right in front of me yeah. i'm wondering if they're looking at my list of hobbies and finding it really lame well i don't think hobbies are lame Uh, it's always refreshing to try out new things the whole point of hobbies actually is to take you out of your comfort zone and test the waters in some new field right and speaking of waters <laughs> i'm reminded of something you did yeah so i took surf lessons for a short while last year and i was really really bad at it i realized how much strength it really requires physically and also i had this fear of getting salt water into my nose <laughs> but then it was refreshing not the salt water part but the whole experience of surfing <laughs> yeah was yeah. a refreshing way to start the work day sounds How about really you andy well since we're talking about things we're terrible at i'm not even comfortable <laughs> totally talking about this but i once took a salsa class just to you know stop thinking that i can't dance and just free myself oh. of uh, this two left feet syndrome that i have <laughs> uh, not that i'm a great dancer now but it was a lot of fun and also a major comfort zone outness experience <laughs> do you feel like these hobbies feed into our work in some way absolutely i think i wouldn't even call them hobbies because i count them as an essential ingredient especially in a designer's life designers need a knowledge of many worlds and unless we immerse ourselves in different kinds of experiences we're going to remain in a bubble and that does tend to reflect in your work eventually that's so true you know i started going for a pottery class couple of months ago so that i could learn to design a certain product better but going to the class has opened my eyes to the world of ceramics and the possibilities and it's something i don't want to stop doing in the near future it's so good to know you're on the right track when it comes to creating your product isn't it yeah so by actually taking the class to learn how to do it yourself it's better than just asking someone else to do it for you since you're the one most invested in it but we don't always have that luxury and as a product designer everything i've designed so far i had zero experience on how to create it prototype it test it i just knew that i had a problem to solve yeah or a gap to fill and you just have to learn on the job and figure things out Speaking of being utterly unqualified uh, when you start something I am reminded of the time uh, my sister and I worked on a newsletter when we were in our undergrad college and it was so much out of our comfort zone we basically did whatever we wanted <laughs> and learned on the way and uh, it was really cool because the organization founders for whom we were doing this they trusted us enough to uh, leave it completely to us and that's kind of scary it is <laughs> for both parties um so i remember we worked on adobe page maker which we can't find anymore oh i was just going to ask <laughs> and uh, we made some very questionable and cringe worthy typography choices like Yikes. six six fonts on one page like don't even ask but uh, that was your pre-designed days <laughs> very much huh? and i had the audacity to take those to my design school interview <laughs> 
how are you to know <laughs> right but really it taught us so much also i can think of when i had to learn how to work on mobile apps when it was just starting everything was so new and uh, the standards kept changing and so we had to permanently be out of our comfort zone like designers who had started working on the web and we had to suddenly think in terms of the small screen of the mobile yeah and technology just keeps changing yeah so you just have to stay out of your comfort zone <laughs> It seems like but many of the gutsier choices that we made were when we were students. I'm sure we've all done pretty crazy things as students, even bordering illegal. <laughs> I've been advised not to mention any of those things. Yeah, we stick so to the legal ones. Really, yeah. It really gave an edge to our work. Yeah. What do you think has changed? Do you think we've become more risk averse having graduated and become professionals? I'd say yes because as a student you go to a class with a concept that you know for sure is going to be ripped apart and it's going to be criticized and you'll be told everything that's wrong with it and then there will be suggestions on how you can fix it. As a professional though this seems unnatural. It's kind of scary to fail in the real world because people expect you to solve their problems and they trust you with their resources. Also there's this fear of looking stupid and unprofessional for asking or trying certain things. Yeah, that's such a great point. I totally agree. In my experience, I had to go from professional to student and then to professional again. Uh, so now I feel like I'm moldable and uh, it's become a good thing, I think. Moldable is certainly mandatory if you want to be a good designer. How, yeah. how does this sound? Be moldable, <laughs> don't get moldy. I like that. <laughs> I can imagine some t-shirts with that quote. Um so it's about striking the balance between being confident and being moldable, right? So basically like being a confident learner, which also includes being prepared to fail. Yeah, often I see a lot of my peers portray a high level of confidence, like they have it all together. and maybe they do but i try to portray the same level of confidence and i'm usually dying of fear on the inside i think we all are in a way and uh, i consider it a healthy fear too uh, but if not managed it can become unproductive um, yeah. like in this book i read called the war of art yes that's the war of art and not the art of war art of war war of art so in the book the author talks about what he calls the resistance which is basically the friction that hits all creative people and keeps them from moving forward and this can take all kinds of forms he talks about fear being one of them and he does give some strategies to not stay paralyzed and fight the resistance uh, for example just showing up and doing the work without worrying about the results or waiting for that spark of inspiration to strike you Yeah so i guess it all just boils down to diving right in and all that said do you think that there are some pros to this comfort zone thing Um I think so it's important to know when to push yourself and when to hold back uh, for example in design thinking you brainstorm and get all the big unrealistic crazy ideas onto paper but then when you come to execution you really need to focus which is kind of being both in and out of your comfort zone Yeah, sometimes I wonder if you get this amazing idea just hours before the deadline. Is it worth a shot? I found that sometimes it is and it totally paid off taking that risk. But often the execution isn't thought through and then looking like you didn't put enough time into it is never a good thing. So maybe sometimes it's better to stick to what you know and what you can vouch for even if you're bored of it. 
Yeah, actually, if you think about it, boredom isn't all that terrible. Uh, it's sometimes when you're really bored, uh, say you're stuck in traffic or you've made yourself comfortable waiting in line for something. Those are the times you have the opportunity to daydream and come up with new ideas. Uh, I remember I read recently, uh, apparently people like Einstein would set apart two hours or so to just walk wow. around and think. Uh, sounds... Who has time like yeah. that these days? Talk about comfort zone, right? <laughs> Yeah, so you're just staring into space and observing something without thinking too much. And then you have this aha moment. I read this book called Creative Confidence by Tom and David Kelly, and they call the state of being as relaxed attention. Sometimes all you need is, I guess, your boredom and your favorite stuffed animals. Who would have known? I've seen your stuffed animal collection, Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> now you know the reason. Yeah. So, hey listeners... What do you do when you want to get out of your comfort zone? And what intimidates you? And what are those things that you've done that really pushed you over the edge? Tweet to us at Design Lota. You can find references and the complete transcript for this episode at designlota.com. We'll be back next week to talk about literally traversing continents as designers. It's going to be interesting. See you and your stuffed animal friends next week. Bring your sunglasses and snacks. Until then, bye.